Good morning. Welcome to service. Welcome to all of you who are here. I know there's many people that are not here. And uh, so I would like to open the service with a prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. And we pray that you uh, be with us this morning as we hear from, from you, hear from your word, and open our hearts uh, that we can receive what you would have us to receive today. And we pray for the people who can't be here. We pray for Brother Darrell as his father passed away, that you be with the family as they uh, go through the process of, of, uh, of taking care of the situations there. And... and uh, Help them to be a blessing to the families and involved. And so we just ask your blessing on them and be with us here this morning and open our hearts to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today uh, I feel like the message is sort of an extension of Brother Larry's message from last week. If you remember, Brother Larry's message was uh, on the remedy for discouragement. And it was a real blessing last week to hear that because I had already prepared most of my message for today last week, and and it was just like it was almost the same kind of message, same topic at least. And um, but he used different scriptures and came at it from a different perspective, so I feel comfortable uh, proceeding today. I thought I could just as easily title the message, More Remedies for Discouragement, uh, but um, I decided not to. Uh, my title for the message this morning is Our Response to Life's Challenges, okay? And uh, just to recap uh, the message from last week, uh, the remedy for discouragement was, uh, my takeaways from that were, believe that God is for me. To remember that. Believe that God is for me. Believe that God loves me. Okay? He won't take away the challenges, but he will help us through them. And, uh, and then basically the bottom line was faith is the remedy for discouragement from last week's message. So, I want to kind of uh, continue on uh, from that. Um, life gives us challenges. Just it just does for every one of us. We all have our own challenges and things to to overcome, and some sometimes it seem more insurmountable than than others. Sometimes we have small challenges. Sometimes we have um, big challenges. Big things happen. We don't understand why, um, and and so we need to have a plan how to approach that, how to respond to that more, and. Um, is sort of like you get into a situation. If you don't have a plan for it, you're kind of lost. You know, once once you're hit with something, once you're hit with a challenge, if you didn't have a plan for it, if you didn't have a purpose of what you were going to do when that happened, then you're kind of lost. A famous fighter one time was quoted in an interview saying that every fighter has a plan until he's hit in the face. And... It's true when you're when you're hit in the face, you're disoriented. Okay, you're you're left with nothing left. You're left with nothing except your training because things go haywire in in your mind. You you don't have the focus that you do unless you have some sort of training, and um, 
And it's the same thing with being hit with things in life. Uh, if, if you're not secure in what you're doing, if you don't have a plan, then you kind of, you kind of get lost. You don't, you don't have that security of, of a training of what to do. So that's what I want to look at today. Uh, the, the main text that I, I will kind of base off, uh, this off of is starting in Job, Job chapter one. And, uh, and I won't read a lot of it, but, uh, I'm going to take a, a brief passage from there. Job chapter one, verse uh, 21 and 22. Job says, as he's hit with life and hit with challenges and things that he can't understand, he says, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is Job's response to losing his children, to losing his livelihood, to losing his reputation, to losing the reputation of his wife, to losing his health. All of those things happen in a very, very short time. And, and his response was, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, the Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not. And the Bible says all this. I mean, it's, it's trying to, it's giving you the idea that there's a lot that just happened to him. Just in all of this, Job sinned not. And it gives you the idea that naturally we would sin. If we're not ready for that, if we don't have a plan for how to respond, our natural, our natural response is going to be some sort of a sin. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So part of that sin would have been to react against God. When all these things are happening, he did not sin, and he did not charge God foolishly. It says in uh, the second chapter of Job, his wife comes to him and challenges him and says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? All of these things have happened to him, and she's asking him, how are you retaining your integrity? How are you retaining your faith? How are you retaining, um, basically, how are, you, how are you keeping it together? You're retaining your integrity. Curse God and die is her advice to him. But he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What, shall we receive the good from the hand of God, and shall we not receive the evil? Shall we receive the pleasant things from God when God blesses our life? And shall we not also then, in the same way, receive the unpleasant things that happen to us in life? And so Job had that attitude, that perspective, that that's what he was going to do. He must have had that earlier because that isn't our natural response to things that happen to us in life. If things happen to us, we lose people in our life, we lose things in our life, things don't go our way, our response typically wouldn't be, unless we've purposed that, it's going to be that way. Our, our response isn't, well, win some, lose some. <laughs> you know, God gives, and sometimes God takes away, and that's okay. That's okay that that happens. I'm going to be happy with the things that I have had. You know, if we lose somebody in life, Brother Darrell lost his dad. You know, he, can, he has a choice he can make. He can either be grateful for the time he had with him, or he can be bitter about the time he's no longer getting with him. There's, there's a choice in that way. The same things when relationships go bad in your life, you can choose to be grateful for the time that you have had, or you can be bitter about the way things are now. And 
So there, there's a choice in that, but you have to kind of purpose that ahead of time because when it hits you and you don't have a plan, then things go haywire. In the military, men are trained how to respond to different situations. They're trained and it's drilled in them and drilled in them because the leaders know that once they hit the heat of the battle, which we have battles in our lives, once that hits, the only thing they have left is their training. And if they've been trained well, they'll respond correctly. If they haven't had the training, then things would go into chaos. And, and that's uh, what, what we're uh, facing in our own lives. And Job, uh, it says again in chapter 2, in all this, in all of these things that happened to Job, did not Job sin with his lips? Job did not sin. So our natural response probably is to sin with our mouth. Sin with what we're saying. Sin with what we're, what's spilling out of our hearts in, in our frustration, in, in, in our not understanding what's going on, that sort of a thing, is to lash out is, is something that, that would be normal, to curse God. People do that. People, things happen in people's life, and I'm so mad at God. I don't understand why God let this happen. That's not a proper response. In fact, the Bible calls it sin, according to Job, uh, in here. So we may feel sometimes like nothing is going right. Because sometimes it's not that something happens, it's that many things happen. A lot of times, more things, more things that, than, uh, than one happen at the same time. And it kind, of, it kind of builds on itself like it did for Job. Uh, but, uh, you know, when that happens, what we need to look at is how do we respond? How do we respond when things don't go right for us in our life? And the other thing we need to look at is how should we respond when things don't go right for us in our life. And that's what I, what, uh, I kind of studied out through here this uh, last week or so. So it says, Job did not curse God or call him evil. He, uh, it says in Isaiah 5 uh, verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And had Job cursed God, had Job been, been angry at God, that's calling good evil, in a sense. And the Bible says, woe unto them that call good evil. And so we don't want to find ourselves in that position where the Bible's saying, woe unto us. Jesus tells us that our words reveal our inner reality. In Matthew 12, verse 35, it says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. He responds in a good way. A good man, if he's treasured up good things, purposed good things in his heart, and he's built that up, when things happen and our inner self spills out, it'll bring out good things, a good response. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings out evil things. So when something doesn't go right for you in life, it's a good judge of your character. It exposes to others who you are, and exposes to yourself who you are. Okay, Am I a good person? How do I respond? Do I respond in a good way? If I do, that's coming out of a good treasure in my heart. That's revealing that I'm a good person. If, when things go wrong, I throw a fit, or I blame people, or I'm bitter, then that's exposing an evil treasure that's in your heart, and exposing that you're not a good person at that time. So a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, 
An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth evil things. Our words matter even when we're under pressure, even when we're under distress, even when we're discouraged. Our words matter. Uh, it's, I mean, I, probably everybody's heard somebody make an excuse for a bad attitude. Um, I wasn't feeling well. You have to excuse what I said. I was in a bad mood. Uh, I have to excuse what I said. There were a lot of things, a lot of pressure on me this week or something. And so people often try to excuse their poor reactions or poor responses to things because of how they feel or what's happening in their life and so on. But we don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. If anyone had an excuse, Job did. But Job did not sin with his mouth in that way. But it is the temptation that it would be the natural tendency for us to do. If uh, if things aren't going well, if we're tired, you know, there are lots of things that we've come up with. Probably in our own minds, we've excused ourselves. And uh, and but we can't. Doesn't matter how tired we are or whatever. We can't allow ourselves to respond poorly to challenges that come to us in life. Uh, So sometimes when bad things happen to us, circumstances happen to us, it's kind of confusing. It can be. It can be confusing when things happen to us. And what we need to do is seek God, not blame God. Don't curse him or blame God. God, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion. If we are confused, I mean, that's we are human. We do get confused sometimes. We don't understand things at times. But God is not the author of that. God is not the reason for that. So to blame God or curse God is not the right response. God is not the author of that, says in, in 1 Corinthians 14. We are not promised an easy life. We are not promised an easy Christian life, says uh, in Matthew 7:13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. That's how we enter the kingdom of God, at the difficult gate. The word straight means difficult. We enter the kingdom of God at the difficult gate. So we need to expect that. If we expect it, we can plan for it. We can plan how we're going to respond to things. Can we respond like Job did? We enter the kingdom of God by a difficult gate. So what are some things that we can do to help us prepare, train ourselves, if you will, to to respond to the challenges that come in life. And some of you may be saying, well, it's too late. For <laughs> I already have challenges. It's not that I can plan for something that's coming. I have challenges in my life right now. But the, all of these things will apply to, to, to us uh, in here. So here are some things that I have found in Scripture that I feel are good things that will help us uh, respond uh, to correctly to challenges in life starting with proverbs 4 verse 5 says get wisdom get understanding forget it not sounds simple we need wisdom we need understanding to help face the problems in life and challenges in life proverbs 4 7 says wisdom is the principal thing it's the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all that getting, get understanding. So if wisdom is the principal thing, that's what we need. We need that. It's the most important thing. We really need to understand what the word wisdom means in the Bible. Okay? 
It means something different than it means in the world. Wisdom is the principal thing, the most important thing. So what is wisdom? So we look to the Bible to tell us what is wisdom. And actually we can go right back to the book of Job to find out what wisdom is and what is understanding. It's very simple. Wisdom in Job 28, verse 28, says... I know what it says, but I just want to make sure I get the words right. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Those, that's what wisdom and understanding is in the Bible. So when the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, the most important thing, the central thing that we need to focus on, that's really saying the fear of the Lord the proper understanding of God, the proper respect for God is the most important thing that's going to help us face challenges in life. That proper understanding and respect for God is the most important thing, the central thing that's going to help us face issues in life and challenges in life. And to depart from evil is understanding. So get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. That's what it says in the scripture. Get the fear of the Lord and depart from evil. That is the most important thing uh, that we can remember from this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What can we do? What are things that we can do to help face things in life? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. We have that proper fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord in departing from evil, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God, if we trust in God, and not in our what, how we understand things, then it will help be a guide for us. God will guide our paths. It will help lead us to respond correctly to things in life. If we follow our own instincts, we will sin. We will sin. Trust in the Lord is another thing. And this scripture was already read this morning. I was happy to hear it in Isaiah 40, verse 31. A way to renew your strength. And we need renewed strength when we're we're facing things. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So waiting upon the Lord waiting for his answer, being patient with the Lord, going through circumstances and knowing and trusting God that he will, he will get you through that, that maybe there's a purpose for that in your life. Waiting upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall walk and not give up. They shall make it to the end. Wait upon the Lord is another thing that you can do to help uh, to help you respond correctly to life's challenges. Checking your attitude is another thing that you can do. What's my attitude toward anything? We're supposed to have in First Thessalonians chapter five an attitude of rejoicing. It says, "Rejoice evermore." Evermore. So you're continuously rejoicing. It's an attitude that we're supposed to take on. If we have an attitude of rejoicing, it helps us face things in life. If we have an attitude of prayer, pray without ceasing. 
we have that attitude of prayer, it will help us face things in, in you know, challenges in life. In everything, give thanks. Having an attitude of thankfulness will help us face things in life. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This verse gave me the most to think about uh, as I was preparing for this. I never thought of it this way. I've read this verse many times. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, what is this? Looking at the word this in that sentence. This is the will of God concerning you. What is the will of God concerning you in that verse? I've always, I think the most straightforward way to think about that is, in everything give thanks. That's the this. In everything give thanks. That's the this that is the will of God for you. Right? But I just, I had a moment. I'm, this is not doctrine, but this is just another way of looking at it. The this could also be all the things you're facing in life. All the things that you're facing in life are the will of God concerning you. It's another way to think of it. And you're supposed to be thankful in it. Okay? The this could be all the things you're facing in life, this is the will of God concerning you. If you accept those things as the will of God concerning you, you have, you have an easier time responding correctly to it. Like Job did. He accepted that that was God's will. God takes away sometimes. God doesn't let me have my way sometimes. And that's okay. If we can accept that, that that's the will of God concerning us and be thankful in it, then that's a good attitude to have that can help us through things. So our attitude matters. Our attitude can help us in this. Having an attitude of rejoicing, an attitude of prayer, and an attitude of thankfulness. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Another attitude that we need to have is contentment. But godliness with contentment, it says in 1 Timothy 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It is. Contentment will help you through a lot of things. If you lose something, if, you, if your truck stops working, if, 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 you're, if, if you lose things that are of value to you, but, you're con- but you generally have an attitude of contentment, then it's okay. It doesn't hit you as hard as if you, you're, you put a lot of uh, trust in, in some of these material goods that you have. But, contentment, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out. In having food and raiment, food and clothing, let us therewith be content. So an attitude of contentment can help us face things in life, challenges in life. 1 Timothy 6, uh, verse 6 to 8. Okay, I just read that. Galatians 6, 9 is the next thing. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, we shall benefit, if we don't give up. It says, if we faint not. So when you're facing something in life, and we don't just face something that happens to us and then it's over. A lot of times we face something that's happening over time. It's just over and over and over and over again. You face some, sometimes you face that same thing over and again. If you don't give up, if you're not weary in doing the right things, don't be weary. Let us not be weary in well-doing, in doing the right things. If we keep it up in 
its proper time, in God's time, we will benefit from persevering through that if we don't give up. That's what that verse tells me. Let us not be weary in well-doing. That's another thing that if we do, that's in our plan, that's our, our uh, training that we're giving ourselves, then it will help us through difficult times. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, we need to understand that there is a season or a time for everything. If we understand that, we have that concept in our mind that there's a season for mourning. There's a, there's a time when it's, it's right that we are mourning. If someone passes away or whatever. There's a time for laughing. There's a time for... Um, I'll just read the verse here. To everything there is a season and a time to, to every purpose under the heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. If we accept that, we won't worry about it so much. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. So if we understand that there's, there are going to be times when we are challenged, then it won't devastate us so much when we face them. Okay? So having that understanding is another way of being prepared for it. Second Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, but, to also, but unto them also that love his appearing. So Paul, in his life, Things didn't always go right for him either. He faced challenges. He fought the good fight. And that's what we need to do. We need to be prepared to fight through the challenges that come. We need to be prepared to finish the course, to finish whatever is, is happening, not to give up in the middle of it. And for Paul, it was important that if he fought, he had to fight, and he had to persevere through to keep his faith. Right? I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. And it's important that we do that. Job's wife told him, basically, to throw away his faith. You know, all these bad things have happened to you. You still believe in God? After all this has happened to you, curse God. And curse God and die. There's nothing left for you anymore. Thankfully, he didn't listen to her. Uh, So, we need to be willing to fight, we need to be willing to finish, and we need to be willing to keep our faith. That will help us make it through difficult times. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. If we meditate in God's word, it's another thing that we can do to help us be prepared to face challenges in life. In his law doth he meditate day and night. Philippians 4, 8 gives us another thing that we can do. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So if we keep our mind saturated with good things, honest things, and not allow all of the negative things and the news and whatever else that can be negative uh, in, uh, input in our lives, if we keep thinking of positive things, good things, pure things, godly things, that's another way to help us be ready to face things in life. Okay? 
in 1 Corinthians um, 15, um, verse 51, starting verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that means we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I'm going to skip down a little bit through here. Um, it says, Brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's, if we do those things, if we are steadfast in our faith, if we are unmovable in our faith, if we are always abounding in the work of the Lord, those are things that we can do to help combat or fight against discouragement in our lives so that we can face difficult things. Those are things we can do. It's easy to say those are things we can do, but if we do these things, it will help us. It does help us. So just kind of a quick review of those things we can do. We need to get wisdom and understanding, which is the fear of the Lord and departing from evil. That's the most important thing. We need to trust in the Lord. We need to wait upon the Lord. We need to have an attitude of rejoicing, an attitude of prayer, an attitude of thankfulness, an attitude of contentment. We need to not be weary in doing the right things. We need to understand that there's a season for everything. We need to fight the good fight. We need to persevere in, our, in things in our lives, and we need to keep our faith. We need to meditate in the Word of God day and night. We need to think on things that are pure, just, good, and of good report. And we need to be steadfast, unmovable, and abounding in the work of the Lord. Those are things we can do. A few promises that God gives us that can help be an encouragement in our lives as we face things. God says in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will return again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Encouragement from God. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So as you're facing things, if you can remember that, God will never leave us. Why would we curse the one who will never leave us? He's promised he will never leave us. And he's preparing a place for us. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present, a very real help in times of trouble. Another encouragement, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Second Timothy 1, 7 is an encouraging verse saying, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. It doesn't come from God. Remember, no evil thing comes from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he did give us something. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, a mind that can think through things if we keep it straight and with God. He has given us a sound mind. Okay, We don't have to be driven by our emotions. Another encouraging voice, Romans eight thirty-eight to 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God. 
So that's an encouraging verse. Nothing that happens to us can separate us from God. Okay. Philippians 4.19, another encouraging verse. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. God will supply all our needs. So we don't need to panic when things are happening to us. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good. Those verses can be very encouraging when you're facing things. All things, even the negative things, even those things can work together for good. That's why I thought about that verse. This is the will of God concerning you. Sometimes the negative things in our life are the will of God for us to help us either grow or to be ready to help somebody else later in life or something. God prepares us for things. He did that with Joseph. Negative things happened to Joseph and it prepared him later in life. It was God's will for him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's an encouraging verse. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Don't worry about those things. God will provide all those things. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these basic things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you have that right focus, God will provide all the rest of these needs for you. Matthew 5, verse 3 starts there and says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when, when things are happening and it's, and it's easy to be discouraged, you're, you have that, that sense of, of, of a poor spirit. I mean, you're poor in spirit. You're, just, you're down. You're heavy. God says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Be of good courage, says in Psalm 31. And he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Just another promise to remember. And then sort of the bottom line of all of this, again, we said this is the most important thing. Fear God and depart from evil, right? Well, in Ecclesiastes, it says another thing there. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Just he's wrapping the whole thing up and summing it up in two little points here. It says, Fear God. That's the same as the other one. The most important thing is to, is, is the fear of the Lord, right? He says, the, "Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the entire duty of man." The most the, the, this sums up everything that we must do if we can stay focused on fearing God and departing from evil, not doing evil, doing the will of God. Those two things, when we stay focused on that, it doesn't matter what else happens to us. We can face those things. We've got to keep our focus or we'll get off track in our life. Because sometimes it's just God's will that we persevere. We need to get that, that skill of perseverance through things. Oh, but this thing, it'll never end. It's just the same thing over and over. And I get hit again and hit again. If we keep our focus right, sometime in God's timing, we'll persevere and we'll reap the benefits of that. There's nothing too big for God. So 
I do want to, um, just a couple of verses about what we can do when we see other people facing challenges that they, that, that they could be discouraged by. A few verses that I feel address that. Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So help other people. Help bear their burdens. If you can figure out how, help bear their burdens. Matthew 7, 1 to 2, judge not lest ye be judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, ye shall be, it shall be measured to you again. Don't judge the people that are going through things and automatically assume it's because they did something wrong. And that's what Job's friends did. They said, there's no way that all of this would be happening to you if you didn't do something wrong. And so that's what they were trying to convince Job. You, you have done something wrong for God to let this happen to you. The Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. Okay? We need to be slow to judging somebody who's going through a circumstance and automatically assuming it's because they're wrong. They did something wrong to deserve this or whatever. They brought it upon themselves. So be slow to judge people in that way. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. People that are going through a tough time need somebody to come alongside them and share their emotion. If, they're, if, if something exciting happens in somebody's life, they come and tell you they're excited and they want you to be excited with them, right? It's the same way when somebody has a heavy heart and something's happened with them. Somebody passes away in their family or something difficult is happening for them, they need somebody to weep with them. They need someone to share their emotion. I don't know why that's true, but it's just human nature. Have you ever hear the saying, misery loves company? <laughs> well, I think every human emotion loves company. When we're happy, we want other people to be happy with us. When we're sad, we, we kind of need other people to come along and weep with us when those things are happening. So that's another way that you can respond with a person that's overwhelmed with life. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be, kindly, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Proverbs 17 says, in verse 17, A friend loveth at all times, not just the good times, not just the pleasant times, but a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. The purpose of a brother in this verse says that he, his purpose, it says he's born for adversity. I understand it to mean a brother's purpose is to help us through difficult times, through adversities in our lives. And we need that. I see that happen a lot of times in our church where people help other people who have something, if something goes wrong in somebody's house, people come and help them. If, um, if people are going through a difficult time, other people help. A, a brother is born for that. That's kind of one of our main purposes in the brotherhood is to help people in difficult times. So those were just a few verses. I'm sure there are more of those. I want to leave you with one last uh, scripture that really is an encouragement to me. I just want to share it with you. And that will be the closing of the message today. So I don't know who all is facing difficult times today. 
but I'm sure we are. We're human. So um, I just want to leave you with this. What, what is said in uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26, I believe it was Moses and Aaron and them, they sort of had like this benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. The word of the Lord. Amen.